Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And Manchester City have won this season the Community Shield, the Carabao Cup, the Premier League and the FA Cup. The unprecedented domestic quadruple. Never been achieved by a men's team in English football ever. Wow. Wow. What an achievement. What a season. What a team. What a time to be a City fan. What a time to be a host of the Man City Show podcast. To help me celebrate this extraordinary achievement, I've got two of my favourite guests and Nick Goldstone. Nick, have you come back down to earth yet or are you still up there? Uh, I came back down to earth when I saw you, Nigel. Oh, that's good. Nice to have you on the show. Good, good response, my friend. Good response. That's why we have you on the show. Thank you. As often as we do. Uh, welcome back to A View From A Blue, a man who's been writing weekly in a national newspaper all season about City. Of course, that's our good friend Stephen Allwise. Hello. And star of Breakfast TV, live from Wembley on Sunday morning, it is the ever-popular Lisa Rabinovitz. Hello. The Man City Show is back for the season by Ladbrooks. Download the Ladbrooks app and play one, two, three, a free game where you have to predict three correct Premier League scores. Get all three right and win £100. Get just one right and get a free £2 bet and two correct for a free £5 bet. Terms and conditions, of course, apply. Uh, Lisa, which season gave you more satisfaction? The 100 points on all the records last year or this season's treble pipping the Scousers? Well, if you put it like that, it has to be this season. <laughs> They're just so different. Like last, last season, it just seemed ridiculous to get 100 points the way we did, but I think this one was more hard fought. Mm. And we won the League Cup and the FA Cup, so yeah, okay, it's better. This season better, Nick? Just? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I mean, I'm going to stick with what I've been saying since the beginning of the year, which is that it does mean more when you've got to fight for it. Uh, and uh, hard though it was for us all, um, it's, been, uh, it's been a really cracking year this year. 
Stephen? Yeah, I think to have backed up what we did last year um, and do something that, that teams just don't generally do in the Premier League and, and win it again. Same number of wins, almost the same number of points to hold off someone who was pushing us every step of the way so that we had to be perfect for the last four months of the season and to to win two other trophies and, and to get to you know, the quarters in the Champions League, which is easily forgotten now. What a phenomenal year for us. How good is the team then? So back-to-back titles, which is the other bit that we haven't sort of thrown into the mix as well, which again hasn't been done for I think 10 years. Um, those are the trophies. Is it the best English team ever? I mean, obviously you've been around probably less than anybody else around this table, but Definitely. you know, you know, you know, you, you <laughs> know your football. What, what's, your, what's your view on that, Stephen? Yeah, it has to be because, you know, all you hear is, oh, they can't be considered a, a good team until they've won something, which is... I'm not sure I agree with that. You, it's the argument that's thrown at, at maybe Spurs and Pochettino, but actually with their resources, what they've done is brilliant. But, you know, as soon as we won the league last year, it was, well, great teams back it up. And, and we've done exactly that. And playing the, the style of football that we have, it's not been backs to the wall, scraping one nils. Um, there's been that on occasion, which has shown a different side to the squad that, that we normally see. But to play in Pep's way and for him to have... He's not adapted particularly. Everyone said, oh, Pep would have to adapt to English football. It's the other way around. Um, You look at the impact he's had, the quality of football we play, the number of goals we score and the wins. It's the best team that I've ever seen in in English football, absolutely. Nick, you go back a little bit further. People talk about the Invincibles, maybe the Stratford side that won a few trophies, I think, along the way. Your, Your thoughts... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of team and leadership, not necessarily specifically football, but just general team of people, quality of leadership, quality of management, the way they all pull together, the way that you've got a fairly sizable squad of almost interchangeable players that have just been so consistent, seemingly so absolutely together throughout the whole of the season and capable of doing it again after such a phenomenal year last year um, they are they're an incredible team uh, are they the best ever I don't know I, I think that's totally subjective I'm not going to get into hyperbole of whether they were better than this that or the other uh, but I suspect that if you put them up against any other team uh, they would be at least their equal so, so Lisa, what about you? Your dad goes back a bit further. I'm just wondering whether you've actually had a chat with him about it, actually, in terms of his view. He obviously will remember 50 years ago. It's interesting, it's actually 50 years ago since yeah. that great 69 FA Cup winning side as well, of course. Does, does he have a view? Have you checked in with him? I actually asked him specifically whether he thinks this is the, the best side that he's seen. I get the feeling it is. Um, I'm terribly sorry. I've, I've not done my homework. I should have asked him. Well, maybe you ask him and you can let us know on Twitter, maybe. I'll and, do that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let yeah. us know. But, but your view about this team then? And, oh, f- and for me, easily. The best, I mean, clearly the best City team I've ever seen. Um, I, I agree with Nick. I, I, you can't say definitively. The comparisons aren't always that easy. But I think given that we have backed it up, as Stephen said now, you know, last season, oh, well, if they don't, you know, they have to retain the title. I mean, 
interesting. I, I'm quite pleased that someone hasn't thrown something else in the mix. Now, although mm. there are a couple of people like, oh, well, they haven't won the Champions League. I mean, seriously, go away. We'll come back to that. Like. I, I, I you, Mike Summerby was asked, actually, if this side played the team in, in, of the late 60s, you know, which when he, and he reckons that this side would win absolutely hands down all day long. And when, when he was asked why, he said, well, those of us who are still around, most of us are in our 70s and 80s. <laughs> which I thought was a reasonable, reasonable response at the time. He didn't say that, I just made that up. That, that, so thank that would you, have thank been you a very good response. It would have been. It's, it's an old joke for <laughs> recycled, to be fair. What about Pep, then? Let's talk about Pep. Um, so, you know, he, I remember that first season, we didn't win anything, and kind of his type of football won't work. He's stuck to his guns. He's been... It just... What, what a leader, what a manager. It's just, as I said at the start, so exciting to be a City fan and have him leading this team. He's just brilliant in every way, isn't he? I can't think of anything negative to say about him, apart from the coat, which we'll come on to in a minute. I'd argue he pulls that off better than anyone else could. Um, he's... He's just changed the way we think about football. That's, that seems a really kind of pompous thing to say. I remember his first game that in the Premier League that he was in charge of three years ago. And I think he had Sanya maybe at right back and Clichy at left back. And they were adopting what we now know as that normal, slightly tucked in, almost inside full back. And it didn't work. And, and I was just watching it thinking, well, what is he doing? It's so obvious that those players aren't right for those positions but he hasn't tweaked what he does he hasn't adapted his his style he maybe is a bit more pragmatic on occasions like when he puts on you know stones or Otamendi for the last five minutes but he's made everyone else adapt to him and the work that they must do in training so that they know pep system inside out where they need to be when Edison's got the ball every player knows exactly what their role is and as soon as it goes to Stones at centre-back, the players all move because they know exactly where they need to be again. And he's just relentless. And you can see why he probably has to take a break after three or four years. And he, he's had his sabbatical in, in the past because he's just on the players constantly. But because he wins everything and he is such a genius, the players respect him. And if you were a, a player and you had the choice between playing for City and playing for you know, Chelsea who are you going to go to? The manager is just such an attraction and it is genuinely a joy to watch us every single time we play. Yeah, he's obviously stunningly good um, and he is probably worthy of being called the best manager in the world, possibly the best manager there's ever been. Um, And I think there's good reasons to back that up. I wouldn't say he's a genius because I think that's slightly overdoing things. And I always feel a little bit uncomfortable with this idea that you know he can do no wrong. We trust him with everything. He's never made the wrong decision, because he, he has on occasions. But that's that doesn't mean he's not absolutely brilliant. Can, what I, just, he also, can I just pick you up, Nick, sorry, before you, you carry on? You, you say he's potentially the best manager <laughs> ever. Yeah. But then you can't then attach genius to that as well. Just help me understand. I'm just trying to explore your thinking in terms of... He, he is a genius. If he's the best manager in the, on the planet, he is a genius. Well, yeah, okay then, he is a genius. But, but, but also, I think that he, he shows everybody else up. I mean, you start to wonder what all these other guys do actually do for their million pound, two million pound, five million pound a year. I mean, other than the ver- there's very few, and I'd put, I'd probably put Klopp in the kind of same bracket, but much further down than that, 
what are these other guys do? What have they been doing for 30 years? The quality of most football management must be absolutely dire, or at least pretty average. Because if you think about what he does do, uh, um, Pep, I mean, you know, it kind of makes it all look easy. It's passing the ball around. It's knowing where everybody is, where they're supposed to be, and where they want to put the ball, the next pass and the next pass, the next pass after that. But these guys are, are training day in, day out, hour, hour after hour. That's what they learn. Now, the, the, our players are not geniuses, are not necessarily the greatest players that have ever played the game. They've learned how to do it because he's taught them how to do it. Sure. If he can do that, why is no one else doing it? Lisa, what is it about Pep that makes him so brilliant? I don't know. Um, no, I, don't, I think that's the. I think that's the point, and I think that answers Nick's question. I don't think anyone knows what the, you know, what that special thing is that he's got. Because if they did, they would all be doing it. He is a different kind of person. You always, and this is why I think this is why genius does apply to him because he is in a class apart from everybody else, and the rest of them. It's not that they're doing anything terrible because plenty of them do fairly well and have done very well it's just a completely different way of doing things and so I think I think it's more about his approach to things which is obviously part of his personality but going back to what Stephen said about the intensity and him needing a break I think you know if other managers can achieve reasonably well without doing that to themselves you can see why they might not want to do it and I think it's just his per- it's part of a, a part of his personality to want to be that intense um and interestingly what you're saying about the players i i and i don't know if we've seen it yet but i wouldn't i'm sure there have been players and he probably identifies them pretty quickly and that's why some people leave who aren't interested in playing for someone who has that level of intensity we all saw him talking to sterling after the six nil win um like it was the that was just almost seems ridiculous but that's part of who he is and Sterling is obviously quite happy to take that but not everybody would be just like in any walk of life if you had a manager like that some people would be out the door pretty quickly so cynically I I have seen some people commenting on that being he does that for the cameras that's kind Mm. of that is I don't believe that at all look at the way that he speaks with Sterling or, or Nathan Redmond totally different level yeah he I mean, there was Kimmich when he was back at Bayern. He doesn't do that for the cameras. He does it because he's a football obsessive yeah. who, the, as soon as that game's finished, he wants to get a message to Sterling. He did it, was it after we were showboating the last minute in the derby in the corner? And he's not saying that to the cameras to tell them off and go, you know, you should do better. His view is you shouldn't be showboating. You yeah. should try and score a goal or you do something else. He's just obsessed by the game. But I think the one of the other points that is rarely mentioned is either kind of his man management skills or how he surrounds himself with good people Mm. because there's never any grumbling from anyone in the city squad no leaks around this one's not happy and you know this one's not playing enough so he might leave we all know that you know people like Delph and Otamendi and Danilo would would probably like to play more and, and may well go in the summer but there's never anything that comes out saying the squad's unsettled Pep seems to be able to unite them because I'm sure of our success and and the fact that any player speaking out against that would just be ostracised. But someone like Arteta, everything you read now is about what a positive influence he is, how the players respond to him. So I think Pep has probably done done well in, in managing the squad and managing the people around him to make everything run smoothly. 
uh, he's clearly an unbelievably talented manager of and leader of people. And whatever industry he ended up in, he would probably be incredibly talented in that way. You know, that's not a skill specific to football. Uh, it just so happens that he's obviously an incredibly good footballer and understands the game incredibly well, but is also has also got uh, that talent. And, you know, that mix is always very, very difficult to find. Let's deal with the Cotigan as well while we're here then, as it's got become known. I believe it's up for auction. Nick, Nick, you're you're a wealthy fella. Um, I'm sure you'll I don't be think I'm wealthy enough to bid for that, Nigel. No, what's it? What's 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 the word I've on the street? Got, I've already got stuff to wash my car with anyway, so I don't think I'll need it. Oh, you can do that. <laughs> Terrible. The very thought. Couldn't you just not wash it? No, you wouldn't, would you? And you'd, just you'd... like put it in a glass case. And yeah, I mean, of course you would. Wash your car with it. Terrible. The very thought. Um, Shall we talk about the cup final then? We're in another cup final, Lisa. And uh, when you heard that Aguero wasn't starting, uh, did you think that? Did you expect that? A bit tired, given a break? Were you surprised? I, what was, I, what was I, your didn't, I wasn't expecting it, but I wasn't surprised or concerned in any way. I was like, okay, that's fine. I wasn't at all worried. My dad, I did ask him about this, was a little <laughs> bit surprised. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. I'm not happy about that. I was like, why? Oh, well, he's not Aguero, is he? I said, no, he's Jesus. He's he, different. He it doesn't matter. He, it, I think he, he feels like, you know, you're pretty much guaranteed Aguero will score a goal. And I said, but you've got the rest of the team scoring goals. And that's not what, you know, as we've said many times before, Jesus is not Aguero, but he offers a lot and did score goals. But I wasn't worried. I know football's all about ifs and buts and there wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't talk about incidents and situations but a vital save from Edison early on if that had gone in you can see then having sort of a bank of five and a bank of three or four in front of that and defending very deeply and it it could have been different oh yeah it could have been different I mean there were periods in the game when Watford played quite well uh, in the first half Um, early in uh, the second half although they were 2-0 down they made a really good go of it um and uh, great save by Edison. Uh, he kind of felt that had that gone in, personally, it was more a case of the Brighton game all over again, and that's only going to make us want it a bit more and, uh, and really go after them. Um, it was a great day. The Watford fans did uh, themselves proud. Their team, frankly, didn't in the end. Um, and, uh, you know, the story, the headlines were written uh, on the back of that. Uh, not necessarily in the right way, but I thought it was a really, yeah, it was a great day, great day. After so many kind of what you touched on it, Stephen, we we needed to grind out some one 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 nil results, sort of in that fourteen match winning run to to win the title. Okay, changed a bit at Brighton, but to to play certainly in that second half and 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 those four goals to to to, to finish the season on such a high, it just was, it was a joy, wasn't it? Was it? That last half hour yeah. was just total relaxation which we've not had for for a long time because every game in 2019 has been riddled with such tension and anxiety and even at 2-0 you're slightly worried that you know game's not over and and we've you know we've we've battled through as I said before a lot of games recently so even Brighton it was only really Gundogan's goal I think for me to make it four that you thought okay we're going to win the league now um so to be able to relax after that and, and just watch us pour forward and it could have been seven, it could have been more, um, was just a brilliant way to end the season. Um, and that Edison save was crucial because 
everyone talks about how good he is with, with the ball at his feet and how he doesn't panic. When you're City's keeper, you're not going to have to make five, six, seven saves every match. You're going to have to be called upon for that one moment and how quickly he came off his line and narrowed the angle and um, yeah, set us up for, for a memorable win. And we've, of course, to remind everybody, we've, we've delivered all these trophies without arguably our best player for most of the season. And he comes on for whatever it was, 25 minutes, and in some people's eyes, wins the man of the match. He wasn't my man of the match, but uh, we might come on to that. He, having said that, he was quite magnificent and, and, and did demonstrate what he's capable of. And it was just magnificent to see him performing that way. And we're talking about KDB, of course. Yeah. I, I mean... I. I know you want to go on to that afterwards, but I can I can see why he was given Man of the Match because it was um, the 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 fluidity with which we played after he came on was just I mean it was actually frightening, and I was on the right side of it. Um, I, I I felt sorry for for Watford. I mean he was just um, he he looked back to his best, which is good to see. Hopefully I'll get a, a reasonable amount of rest over the over the summer, but. He he's quite phenomenal, and to think if we'd have had him, <laughs> if we'd have had him available for properly available, because even when he did play, because he actually played, I think about nineteen in about nineteen games, but a lot of that time he just wasn't fully fit, and you could really see it. But that seemed to all have gone. He seemed back to the KDB we we know and love. I mean, Mares looked crestfallen when he came off. Of course, um, I right thought he had wrong. a good game. Yeah, well, well, that's, and that's I, my I point. I really thought. I mean, there were think, other people who I spoke to said, "No, no, he wasn't. He was no bloody good. He wasted possession. He had the ball. He didn't do anything with it. He was knocking it in the box." I thought he had a great game. I thought he'd been better than Sterling. Yeah, I mean, yeah, his yeah, first so. touch is quite magnificent. Yeah. it doesn't matter how hard that ball is pinged to him; he can stop it absolutely dead. He's he's, he's excellent in certain situations. Yeah, and one thing about Guardiola and, and how the players play, I think I, you can't have it both ways. Guardiola drills every single player to do exactly what he wants them to do. If Mares was getting the ball holding on to it, taking players on and putting crosses into the box, it was because that's what he was told to do. If Sterling isn't doing that and he's checking back and knocking it inside, that's what he's told to do. So you, I, I, I think criticising Mares for supposedly wasting possession because he's knocking the ball into the box, when, when you've got Jesus in there rather than Aguero, mm. who's better in the air, you know, supposedly... Um, is, is not necessarily a fair thing to do. I thought Mahrez actually had probably his best overall game for, for City this season. Um, anything else on, on the cup final? Obviously, beat Berry's record, was it 1903, was it? I think Equaled it. Equaled it. Sorry, correct, equalled it. Uh, was, it a, was it a hat-trick for Sterling? No, no. it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, uh, sadly not. Um, it was already over the line, apparently. Nice to get a hat-trick in a cup final, but no. 6-0 will do me. A magnificent day. Uh, enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, can we just talk a little bit about some 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 negative bits before we move on to our kind of our roundup and our review of the season, and maybe sort of talking through each player briefly and, and give them a bit of a mark out of ten? Can we just talk about the, maybe the two clouds hanging over us? Um, and one is um, the 
sort of the elephant in the room or the monkey on our back or whichever other animal you want to choose, Nick. Um, and this is the issue of the Champions League. You know, Pep has not won the Champions League at Manchester City. People will argue that he was brought in to win that. Uh, knocked out in the quarter-final stages this year. Uh, we haven't progressed. And kind of until we win that, that's a bit of a problem and that's a bit negative. How, how would you respond to that particular charge, which has been levelled on us by everybody pretty much and I'm doing the same today well statements like he was brought in to win the Champions League are things that are made up by the media to um, to bash us over the head with uh, he was brought in to turn a really good team into a really great one and win as much as he could um, you know at the end of the day we were knocked out of the Champions League by the tiniest tiniest of margin uh, but we didn't do it. We could have done better over the two legs. We had a psychologically-based problem with our approach to that tie. Uh, and again, if you are going to laud Pep for his enormous attention to detail, his control, his management, the way that he runs everything then you've got to ask yourself what, what went wrong because something went slightly wrong there. Um, but, you know, you can't, you can't win every game all of the time. As much as you want to try and control um, a football match and a season and every game, you can't do it. You can't do that 100%. I think the, the Champions League does affect Pep a little bit more. You saw Liverpool last year when he played Gundogan out of position and, and it looked... Wrong, and it was wrong, and it cost didn't, that didn't necessarily cost us the game, but the tie was over, and he overcompensated a little bit against Spurs, and I thought he wouldn't went too negative, and, and De Bruyne was on the bench. However, Aguero missed the penalty, and if that goes in, and we get you know one all draw in the first leg, then it's a different game in the second tie at home, and, and you'd back us to go through. Mara's missed the penalty at Anfield in the league. Ultimately, you've got enough games in a 38-match season to compensate for that. You don't in the Champions League, and that's why it's such fine margins. It's Aguero missing the penalty. It's Aguero being an inch or two offside. You know, Spurs brilliantly have got to the final, and it's a wonderful story for them. They were, what, within five minutes of being knocked out of the group stages? They've then won the last three, including, I think, against Barcelona, who rested everyone because they were already through. They've scraped through against us because we missed a penalty and a couple of VAR decisions. They've got a, a last death, last kick of the game winner against Ajax. And suddenly they're in the final. It's such fine margins that, because it's a knockout competition, ultimately, that you know it's not necessarily the true reflection of how good a team are. Because you look at the fact how good we've been in the league and yet you wouldn't say the next four best teams are Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs and Liverpool but in that shortened competition it takes one good game, one good performance so the owners I'm sure would like to win the Champions League and Pep would like to maybe more so than the fans want to um, but I don't think it, it diminishes our achievement this season that we didn't go all the way Anything to add on Champions League Lisa? Other than that I don't really care that much about it and, and I'm glad that I am on record from the podcast having said that all season because I don't want anyone to level the accusation at me that I'm only saying that because we're not in the final. I 
really care much more about get, winning the league and dominating the Premier League. And I do think it's a greater achievement for all the reasons that have already been covered. I mean, OK, I'm sure it would be wonderful if we had got to the final, but I think had we got to the final of the Champions League, that would have changed the complexion of the FA Cup final. It might have even changed the complexion of the running yeah. to the... I mean, it's all these ifs and buts, and we, no one will ever know, but I, I felt that the FA Cup final, we were going to play with such freedom that we hadn't had for the last 14 matches. Um and that might not have been the case had we known that two weeks later we had had to play in a, in a Champions League final. But I, I really, I think it's it's irrelevant. To, it shouldn't diminish what we've achieved at all. It's, and it's absolutely ridiculous for people to be suggesting it's, you know, oh, well, um, Spurs and Liverpool fans can say, oh, well, you won a treble, but we're in the final. Well, are you, I mean, it's just absolute nonsense. So if you're not bothered about the Champions League, uh, how bothered are you about FFP? I don't know anything about that, Nigel. I'll just enjoy the success of this wonderful team. <laughs> Nick, FFP a bit uh, of a problem for us, or is it as Pep keeps saying and everybody else we're innocent until proven guilty? What's your view? Oof. No smoke well, without fire. We haven't, we haven't got that long on the podcast, really, have we? But uh, give it briefly. I think briefly, if we've broken any rules on technicalities or whatever, then you take your punishment and you get on with it. And if the punishment is a Champions League ban... In terms of people using it as a way of diminishing uh, what this team has done over the last couple of years, in particular, and even well before that, I think it's a bit of a nonsense. um, And it's, uh, it's a bit of a sad and mean way of uh, demonising the club and delegitimising what's been achieved, which is not true. Uh, And frankly, in the long term, that doesn't do anybody any good because at the end of the day, you're just um, diminishing the status of a competition that you yourselves are in. Stephen, briefly, your view. I know you've got a view on FFP. Uh, I, none of us know enough about the intricacies of, of the case um, against City. All you'd say from the outside looking in is the strength of that City statement mm. about UEFA suggests they are supremely confident that they've not done anything wrong. All right, listen, on that note, let's take a quick break. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome back. Let me read out some statistics about a certain Belgian player. Four Premier League titles in his, in his 11 years at City under three different managers. Two FA Cups, one in 2011 and of course 2019. Four League Cups, 360 games, 20 goals, one particularly special one this year of course. One Premier League Player of the Season award won by the defender in 2012, three times included in the PFA Premier League Team of the Year. It just goes on and on and on. Uh, I think we're all rather sad, aren't we? Uh, Those tears at Leicester weren't just, we realise now, the end of a game and he was, you know, saying goodbye to the fans for one season. He was saying goodbye to the fans for good, back to uh, Anderlecht. 
Your, your thoughts, reflections on the legend, and I have no hesitation in saying that, the legend that is Vincent Company. What a man. I'll try not to cry. Um, uh, no, no, you no, feel... He, the, I know, I, I know really, um, it's very hard to even think about City without Company. I think that's... I, think, I don't think it's properly going to hit us until that happens, until the next season starts, and you realise it's not just that he's got an injury, he actually is not playing for us anymore. It's been a long... That's 11 years is a long... It's a very long time. And, and and to have achieved so much in that time as well. But I think, and we've talked about this before, and actually it greatly concerns me, is the loss of his leadership. Um, because it's not just he's been a great player for us, but the, the leadership qualities he has, clearly even when he's not playing in the dressing room, behind the scenes... Um, helping the younger players, that is hard, really hard to replace. Um, I think they're going to have to deal with that very carefully. We, we could see a negative impact from that. Um, I'm sure, that, again, I'm sure they've been preparing for it, but he's just, he's a one-off. So it, it's not as simple as we need to find something to replace that. They just need to find a way of dealing with the gap that that leaves. It won't be a like-for-like replacement. It just won't be, but... I mean, people um, talk, Steve, no, about sort of people being impossible to replace. And, and that's obviously not always true because there's always somebody coming along and we might even get someone who becomes an even bigger legend. But sitting here today, it's difficult to imagine, as Lisa's very eloquently put it, sort of Manchester City without Vincent Company leading that team. Completely. It's really hard to imagine. He's, he's such a colossus. And I think if you split the two sides to him, you know, you can replace him on the pitch because you can buy a good defender and you can you've got good defenders at the club and um who maybe are more naturally suited to Pep's style I think Pep has been won round by what company's done and his performances and actually you look at how well he's played the last couple of months and you think he's got years left at the top level because he's been such a, a powerful force but it's off the pitch it's in the dressing room it's all the advice to everyone else that's what we'll miss and that's where there's there's going to be a gaping hole in the squad and, and others will step up. It's probably not going to just be, oh, Fernandinho or David Silva, you're the new captain, you need to be this vocal presence. It's going to be on a lot of players to assume more responsibility. But for we've been lucky to have company really fortunate to have had him for 11 years as this inspirational figure on the pitch to drive us on, but also off it and what he stands for and how he speaks and the regard in which he's held by fans of other clubs. You know, someone like a John Terry, who's a similar type of powerful personality, that character, brilliant defender, not respected by everyone. Um, company has, has gained that trust and respect from, from everyone in football. What memories do you have particularly then of Vincent Company? Well, I mean, he had an iconic goal in the bag already since 2012. Um, which none of us will ever forget uh, against United. Um, yeah, I mean, he'll be missed as much, maybe even more as, a, as an individual and as a leader within the club than, than on, on the pitch because, I mean, I think he's only started about 12 games this season. He's obviously played a major, major part towards the end of the, end of the season. Um, but he, he's not played that many games in the last two, three years. Um, but he's got a specific style to the way that he defends which I think really really suits the the pep way of playing uh, which also helped by the fact that he started out as a as a midfielder so he's 
obviously very cultured as a passer of the ball and always has been. But he's got that sort of way of of always wanting to make the tackle very, very early, very high up the pitch, to snuff out any any danger before it even begins. And, of course, he's the master of the tactical foul. Um, and I suspect maybe must be one of the players who's played more minutes with a yellow card to his name than any other in, <laughs> in, the, in the league in the past uh, 11 or 12 years because the number of times he gets a yellow card within the first 15 minutes is quite, quite amazing um, and never seems to manage to, um, or always seems to manage to avoid uh, a, a, a red pretty much every single time. Do you know but, how many yellow cards he received in the Premier League as a matter of interest? I absolutely no idea. Now, 59, just the record, just while we're talking about Vincent as well. It's yeah. 59, in, and that's 360 all-time appearances. So there's less in the Premier League, presumably. Yeah, so and three red cards. Yeah. 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 Um, who else is going to go then, do we reckon? You touched on a few, Stephen, uh, earlier on. So yeah, and, any others to, to add to that list that we think might well be viewing the exit door? I mean, they're, they're the fringe players. Bravo, I'm sure, will go. I think he's out of contract. Mangala, Otamendi, Delph, um, Danilo. And, and that poses its own issue. You might be losing sort of your backup right-back, two centre-backs, um, a useful player in Delph who can fill in in a few positions. The interesting one is someone like Sane, mm. that I don't think he will go. I think the we've spoken about it before on the podcast. There's a challenge there for him because as of yet, he's shown the talent, but he's not shown the application that Pep wants. And if Sane, he doesn't need to look very far to look at Bernardo and Sterling and players who... Um, you know, Pep has taken to that next level because they've wanted to go to the next level and they've worked hard and they've listened to instructions. You look at Sane's body language and it's somebody who doesn't want to be there, but he's got so much natural ability and he suits what Pep wants to do that I don't think he'll leave. Um, but if someone were to come in with a good offer and we would spend that elsewhere, it's one to keep an eye on. All right, let's do our end of term report then finally. Let's kind of. Uh, I don't think we should all three. All three of you have a go at every single player. That will get a bit boring. So I don't know. I don't mind who takes. I'm just going to call out a player here, and anybody who ever yells first. So let's give kind of. I don't know. Positive, negative, and then a kind of a mark out of ten for their season. Uh, and we can move these through these pretty rapidly. We've done company. Are we going to give him a ten? Are we for this year? Just because of that goal and who no, he is. That's silly. Yeah. I'm giving no. him a 10. No, that's like giving man of the match to the person who scored the goal because exactly. we've not really been watching the match. <laughs> so you're giving him, what, a 6 then, are you, Lisa, for this season? No. Because he hasn't played I'm enough not games? That. I'd say 7. Based seven? on I'd yeah, 7. Based on the fact he hasn't played that much, but when he has played, he's been Nick, what worth his weight him? in gold. 10, legend. Yeah. Look at that. Brilliant. This is why we have diversity on our podcast. <laughs> Let us know what you think about Vincent Company. We're at City Podcast, as you know. Over, over 11 years. He's a statue, ten. man. Well, there's got to be three statues. He can't be over can't... over eleven years, ten, but yeah. this season seven. Okay, all right, lovely. We've done it. Let's go through in there. So Edison, eight, brilliant with his feet, vital to the way we play. He makes big saves. Danilo, sorry to give you a fringe prayer straight away, <laughs> but but you know I've, I've written him down. He may not even get a mark. I'd but give the... him seven. He yeah. when he has played, he's been really good. I, there were times I would have preferred that Pep would have picked him over Walker. Um, I think it would be a shame for him to go because he is. I think he's really good for us when he plays. But I understand if he wants to to go. Mark out ten. Did he give us one? Seven. You said seven. Sure. Uh, Walker, interesting one. Uh, well, I'm being very generous overall with every everybody today. I'm giving Walker an eight. Uh, a because I'm being generous. 
be because he's had one or two dodgy performances, but generally speaking, he's been great. We've got two shapes, so you're going kind of sevens, are you, over here? I'd go seven, but I'd drop Danilo to six. I think Walker, is he the outfield player after Laporte who's played the most? He yes, had a, he is. He had a really he shaky about three games around Christmas time when we dropped points. Since then, and since he came back into the team, I think he's actually been really, really good. Walker started 47 games. Laporte started 49. Obviously, you, you exclude yeah. Edison, who's started 55. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's up there, isn't he, in terms of uh, appearances, mm-hmm. for sure. Good knowledge, Nigel. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. I do my research, you see. Uh, John Stones, then. Seven and a half. First half of the season, it feels like a lifetime ago. I thought he was brilliant next to Laporte. Yeah. And then it also feels like we've barely seen him recently. I, I wonder what's behind that. It's quite bizarre. I, I, there's no, as you say, there's never anything that comes out about stuff going on in the, if there's anything going on in the background. But it does seem odd. It feels like there should be some sort of reason for it. But he's on the bench. He's obviously fit. So I, I, I don't really know. Give us a mark then, Lisa, and then we'll go to the next higher mark. I, I agree with seven and a half. I and you're I've given him six. Oh, I, I thought you'd be generous. I was. Why Stone's got such a low mark? Oh, he's been bloody eight. awful second half of the season. Okay, that was a bit harsh. He's barely played. Otamendi. Start with, with Otamendi then. We reckon he might be out the door. He's not had enough football. He's, he's, all the signs seem to be this is going to be his last season with City. Where well, I, in the times that he's played, I think he's been pretty decent. Eight. Lisa? I would, I would go for, I would go for a seven and a half. I think him and Stones deserve a very similar mark. To be honest, it's very hard. I don't think anyone's particularly let us down. Laporte, nine, been great, hasn't he? I'm going to hesitate and say best centre back in the league because Liverpool fans will obviously claim Van Dijk. Together, they'd be brilliant. Thankfully, none of them are listening. No, Um, too busy trying to find a way to get to Madrid. I think Um, Laporte, oh, phenomenal. I thought he struggled for when he came last season in January. Took a bit of time to adapt, but. Look at how many minutes he's played. Pep trusts him. Sinchenko. Midfielder Sinchenko. I have to give him eight. I, I just think he's... You know, he isn't a left-back, but boy, does he work hard at being the best he can be at it. And and he has a pretty good record, doesn't he? He certainly does. He's not lost he a game lost all a season. Game. Bless him. Uh, interesting one then for you, Nick. Uh, Benjamin Mendy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember him? Two. So that's Nick being generous, and he's given him a wow. two. When, when he's played, he's been very good. I, he's another. There's just he's the only one that this story's come out that he's maybe not as professional in his recovery as he could be. But when he's on the pitch, he gives us something that other fullbacks don't. He just needs to stay fitter. Mark, please. Sensible, Mark. Six. Okay. Uh, Fabian Delph. Oh, that's very difficult. I. I would say six. I, I mean, he's... It's, last season, just remind he us, was, he was a nine last I season, know, and I and I love... Last season, I just loved Delph. He was brilliant. But when he has played... It's like it's almost like last season never happened. Or it was not actually Delph who was there last season. But, you know, when he, he's, he's made a couple of mistakes when, he's, when he has played. But. Phil Foden for Stockport Iniesta. Six? Only a six. You know, he's, he's not played that much. He's, I think Pep's eased him in perfectly. The fact he hasn't played a lot, he's played a few cup games, he scored a big goal against Spurs in the league, he lost against Leicester a couple of games later. 
Look, we're going to be giving him nines and tens for years to come, but six this season. Can you go better than six? I'm going to give him an eight. I think it was a, <laughs> oh a fantastic <laughs> season for, what is he, 18? 19? Whatever 18 he is. He's almost 19. A- absolutely brilliant introduction to the first team. Brilliant goal against Spurs. What more can you ask for from a player at that age? Bernardo Silva. Been already nominated and sorry, not nominated. He's been given the Player of the Season by the City fans. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Exactly what Riyad Mahrez and Leroy Sané should oh. be looking at and saying that is exactly the player, the kind of player that I should be. Not a great season, first season, Lisa. But I think we'll all go ten out of ten, won't we, for this it season? Wasn't a terrible first season, but yeah, I mean this. Well, compared 10, to this season, it's yeah, well, ten easily. Yes. Ten all the way around. Mm. Brilliant, Gundogan. My dad's least favourite player, as I say often on this podcast. Eight. Yeah, eight. eight for Gundogan. I was with your dad for the first half of the season. I thought he struggled, looked quite slow. Since he's had a run of games yeah. in Fernandinho's position. Um, Are you talking about his dad or Gundogan? <laughs> <laughs> his dad would be quite slow as well. Um, <laughs> I think Gundogan's looked very good the last couple of months. 7.25. I'd give him eight, and I hope he stays. I'll give you David Silva. Oh, thanks. Although that's quite controversial, isn't it? This season, not yeah. quite up to the standards we've come to expect from him, let's I say. I think on the basis of the points I've given other people, I'd have to say eight. But I think maybe seven. Seven, seven and a half. Seven and, seven and, and a half ish. We'll look to Nick now to trump that with well, a... Well, it's a seven oof. because it's comparing to his yep. former greatness. But he has scored some vital goals and made some pretty vital passes still. He was much better in the first half of the season than he has been in the second in terms of uh, his effectiveness and his, I don't know what his number of assists and things look like across the season, but I would instinctively think it's better first half than second. Stephen, Riyad Mahrez. Uh, Tricky one. Probably a six. He's um, flitted in and out, as we've spoken about on the podcast today. Um, Looked good in the last couple of games when he's been given a chance maybe it's a case for him of taking time to adapt to what Pep wants and the way we play um, but yeah I, I hold out hope now more so than a couple of months ago that, that he can have a big season next year your mark for Mahrez? I'd maybe give him seven I I think that I, I'm, I also I'm hopeful that it's just him adapting to Pep Raheem Sterling nine nine from me nine and a half been awesome Sergio Aguero, Nick. Eight. A generous Reluctantly, eight. because I love him. Lisa, N- you think? Nine. I'll split the difference. Eight and a half. <laughs> Leroy Sane, we've touched on him. He's not up there, is he? Oh, does it begin with a seven? No. <laughs> Less. But I, I, Less. I've said several times, I'm not, I'm not sold on him. You look at his numbers and you'd think ten. Mm. Um but some of the performances, I think there's there's so much more to come from him, which is the frustration. Yeah, it's, it's, but the assist, I'm so disappointed. But I really like him, but it's like, you are disappointing me, Leroy. I'd give him seven. Yeah, I, I've given him a seven. It, a, a lot of assists, more than you'd think. Amazing goal against Liverpool, amongst one or two others that have been really important. Sometimes players, and Yaya's maybe one of them, the, the body language isn't good, uh, and that can have a bit of an influence. Yeah, he's had less he's had not as good a season as last year, but lovely. Fernandinho. I've got nine here. 
Eight and a half. Yeah, eight, brilliant. Just and, hope he can keep going. And yeah. finally, Lisa Gabriel Jesus. I might well have missed somebody, but uh, that, I can't. Fernandinho's got a new position up front now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd give him. I'd give him eight. I think um, he hasn't played as much as he might like to, but I don't think he's really let us down. Apart from you know, if if he wasn't offside quite so much. <laughs> it might be eight and a half, um, but he he's he's again scores some scores vital goals, goals some yep. some great goals. Nick. Strong end to the season. I've given him a seven. He is an offside machine. <laughs> seven. All right. Okay. Listen. Uh, and, and finally, where do we need to? Very briefly, uh, we are running out of time. Where where do, where do we need to strengthen? Where do we need to? Where with players going? Uh, Pep talks about improving. We're clearly going to be in the transfer market. Very briefly, where are those areas? Which are those positions where we'll see new names coming into to the Etihad? Centre back, at least one. Um, my slightly outlandish bet is for Fernandinho to become a centre back mm-hmm. next season. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> in which case, I think we'd need a holding midfielder. Um, if Sane goes, would replace him. I also wonder about a right back. Um, Walker at some point the pace will go and he's got a loss of concentration in him um, so we might we might sign three or four but remember we only bought Mares last year so you know it's not as if we are splashing the cash every single year so right back and, and right back centre back holding mid okay those, those three would you add anything to that Lisa I would like us to get a left back you were actually a, pro- a proper left a back. Proper even, left back. even all the praise you've heaped upon Sinchenko. You did a great job. job. But Mendy's coming back. You still think we need I, the third one? You know I have huge reservations okay. about Mendy. Would so. you have a striker to that, Nick, as well? I think possibly, but I'm going to be a bit more general and say that after the two years that we've had, I, without criticising any players at all, I think that a bit of a refresh generally is something that I think is probably going to be needed. That's where we struggled under Mancini. We didn't buy when we yeah. were winning well, and we waited did, for others to catch us up. Scott or Jack Rodwell and Mike on. Um, backup keeper, I wouldn't be surprised, a more experienced number okay. two to Murich. Listen, it's been the most phenomenal season. Um, it's just amazing to be a City fan and it's amazing to have my three guests. A huge thanks to Lisa, to Nick and to Stephen. And now our podcasts are not possible. Uh, they just can't happen without me just taking the opportunity, this being our last one of the season, to say thank you to a, a number of people. Um, our producers, uh, the team at Playback Media, of course, particularly Mike and Paul, uh, our sponsors, Ladbrooks, um, our engineer, Leon. Uh, yeah, now, Leon, uh, people don't know this because you're very quiet and you don't say very much, but you, you nosh your way through every show. <laughs> and, and I have a bag here. It doesn't work really on the radio, but there's a huge bag here uh, from us to you. So you can carry on noshing. There you go, my friend. That's from us to you. Some, some, some of your favourites there, my friend. Enjoy and thanks for all your hard work. It, 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 it wouldn't happen without you. Thank you to uh, you, Nigel. Uh, and, Indeed. Uh, so to Leon, to my guests, too numerous to mention. I've obviously got my favourites. Uh, our listeners, of course, our Twitter followers, and we're at City Podcast. And of course, our team, the formidables, the history boys, the brilliant and the amazing Manchester City. Until next season, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.